all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Caught me off guard again. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> I didn't realize we were starting. Sorry. <laughs> Follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Oh, also Twitch and TikTok. Forgot about that. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. Yes, indeed. So what do we have on tap for today mm. while you're drinking a coffee? I'll yes. That question. I know. <laughs> um, it, it, we're recording this like, again, the day before it comes out. <laughs> so it's a Sunday, like around brunchish time, mm-hmm. just after noon. So I am drinking a Starbucks coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I got a venti latte decaf because otherwise I'll be bouncing off the walls. Um, extra hot, four pumps of mocha. Three pumps of caramel what does extra syrup. Extra hot, mean? Did they make it? They, just... they they heat it up a little extra. <laughs> yeah. Why Why would you want that? Because otherwise, it's a little tepid, in my opinion. Anyway, okay. and with oat milk, it's very good. <laughs> extra hot. Well, because I just think this the regular steamed temperature gets cold really quick. I should have gotten it iced, honestly, because it's it's not as cold as I thought it would be out today. It's very mild today. So there you go. Anyway. Yeah. What are you drinking? I'm just drinking a, a sweet tea. <laughs> Like a good certain gentleman. Yes. <laughs> it, football is about to begin, mm-hmm. but uh, the Bills not, do not play till 4.30 yeah. today. Yeah, not so for a few hours. I have not started drinking yet. <laughs> did the Canes win last night? They did not. They lost in overtime. Oh, they got a point. They did. Okay. Yes. But yes, well, they are that. They are still the number one team in the league. Nice. Let's go Canes. Yes. I can get behind the Canes. Cannot get behind the... Will not get behind the Bills. That's that's okay. Period. The Bills are about to clinch their second straight division title today. All, mm. the, all they have to do is beat the Jets. J-E-T-S. Suck, suck, suck. 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 <laughs> we can agree too, on that. <laughs> shouldn't be too much of a tall order. Did you... Well, we we talked a little bit about the poor 15-year-old kid in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a... So there was a, if in case anybody hadn't heard about it, there was a 15-year-old boy um, who was going to school. It sounded like a prep school, am I yeah. right about that? In mm-hmm. Connecticut. Yeah, St. Louis. And we have a nephew who's doing the exact same thing. Not mm-hmm. that school, but... Um, and uh, there was a horrible freak accident where he fell on the ice and then one of his teammates, I think it was a teammate. Yeah, I, I forget I if it was a teammate sure. or other team, yeah. but couldn't stop in time. And another skate to the neck. Mm -hmm. Like Clint Malarchuk, unfortunately, this kid didn't make it, which is horrible. It is. Freak accidents are just, like, no accidents are good. No no deaths are good, aside from, like, Ronald Reagan and some other people (laughs) who will be cheering for when that happens. But, um... No, he's dead. Ronald Reagan's dead. Yeah, his death was a good thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're cheering on Dick Cheney. (laughs) He's next, right? Um, uh, because they're horrible people and the world is better without them. That's why. But for anybody else, <clears throat> you know, it, it's obviously it's horrible. But in a freak accident like that, 
It's just so out of the blue, which just shocks everybody, especially the poor family's kid. And then another kid is going to have to live their life knowing completely by accident, not their fault at mm-hmm. all. They killed somebody. They killed somebody. Yeah, just like Kyle Rittenhouse. Just <laughs> total accident. Self-defense. Because uh, <laughs> we all know when you voluntarily put yourself in a dangerous situation, that's mm, self-defense. Well, that that was high sarcasm, just in case anyone <laughs> couldn't tell. But yeah, so I feel bad for, for everybody involved. That's just terrible. And hopefully um, the family will find some peace, and so will the poor yeah, kid who was involved. That's rough. It's so bad. And it's so... It's just... That just goes to show the randomness of life sometimes. I mean, you that... Know? Something similar happened when I was growing up, like near where i grew up um the kid made it i mean the kid did he did he, he get, get his got his neck uh slit that's such a scary and then, thing like immediately like after that we all had to wear neck guards mm-hmm. which i hated is it hard to like turn your head it wasn't or? that it was just like scratchy and yeah. itchy because you sweat a lot yeah. playing hockey and it was just yeah. uncomfortable to have on mm-hmm. it's like i'd rather get is potentially it ne- sliced in the neck. Well, well, it's so... <laughs> it's so random. It is very rare. It's so random. It's extremely rare. But it can happen. I mean, well, now that's what? Like, if you had a kid... Uh, that's four incidents we know of. Mm-hmm. The the two in the NHL, mm-hmm. um, this kid, and then if, if you knew a kid who that happened to. So it's that's extremely rare. And I'm not saying that's the only incidence, but, you know... But that's still four times, you know. Yeah. Is a neck guard like mesh or something? No, it was like a... Plastic? No, it was like a cotton thing. Oh, okay. I'm sure they make them different now. I mean, yeah. We're, we're talking, you know, I was playing in the early 90s. Right. And we had to start wearing those. The tech has changed. The tech has then. changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's probably something now that looks like a necklace. Who knows? Right. You know? I would think some version of mesh would be good. Probably. Like a cut glove, right? So yeah. That it could, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely. Oh, it was this big. I might be wearing it. In that I, picture? I think I am wearing it in that photo. You just yeah. can't really see it. We, can we put a picture of that picture on our Instagram? <laughs> if you want to. David playing hockey as a young buck. How old were you there? Um... I think I was 16, 15 okay. or 16 there, because that was the, yeah. So you're around our nephew's my, age. That was my sophomore year, I'm pretty sure. Aww. Cutie. Mm-hmm. Little cutie. Yes, look at me. Yes. And my skills. <laughs> Mad skills, baby. <laughs> um, so, uh, we are going to try and get back on our Twitch streaming, both David doing my uh, gaming. more Red Dead. I, uh... Want to finish up Red Dead Redemption 2 because we're already pretty much about halfway into that story. Okay. So I want to finish streaming that, but I also really want to start streaming L.A. Noir. Oh, Because okay. I've never played it. Okay. So it'll be um, all new. Yeah, it'll be all new for me. For it'll you. be new for probably the people watching, too. Right. So I'm thinking maybe just going to stream L.A. Noir, but I don't know. Let, okay. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> um, let, let me know when you hear this tomorrow whenever you hear it tomorrow <laughs> yeah there you go um and then we're hoping to do another reaction maybe to 20 something i think so yes <laughs> we're actually really enjoying yes. it yes um uh, sorry that's okay um uh on friday let's see what date would that be the 14th, 14th. yes mm-hmm. friday the 14th uh, probably like eight thirty Eastern mm, time. That's what we did. Seven before. to eight, somewhere in there. Well, if we record, it'll depend. Yeah, we'll we'll try to nail it down on uh, social media and let you know. But anyway, 
All right. Are yeah, we ready? We are ready. For the disaster. This is a, this is a Rachel script. Mm-hmm. Um, in a disaster uh, topic suggestion by uh, our longtime listener, Marcel. Okay. So thank you, Marcel. Yes, very nice. I believe Marcel lives in Switzerland. Okay. Yes. Um, anyway. So is, because you said this is a new country and a new, new-ish type of disaster. Yes, it's a new subset of a disaster okay. and a, definitely a new country. So is the country Switzerland? Because I don't think we've oh, ever... Uh, ca- wait, the Cavalese cable cars, were those in Italy, technically? Those were in Italy, right? The Italian Alps. Alps. That's like the second episode we I did. I know, so. that was, that was almost five years ago. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Around five years ago, we were starting to conceptualize this podcast. Yes. Um, uh, That's a good guess, but no. Um, I'll give you a hint. Let's let's just get into it. Okay. I'm not good at at hints. I gotcha. So this is the story of the Baku Metro Fire. So on October 28th, 1995, Hmm. an electrical fire aboard the Metro in Baku, Azerbaijan killed 289 people and injured another 270 in what is still the world's deadliest subway disaster. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Almost 300 people. Yeah. That's massive. In fact, the the death toll is actually disputed a little bit. Some sources say it's a little over 300, but the Mm. 289 is the official count. Mm. So, Uh, primary sources for this uh, Baku Metropolitan. The Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, who, even though they're going completely off the rails right now, had some interesting uh, information about uh, carbon monoxide, which we'll go to. Congressional Research Service, The Independent, Medium, RailSystem.net, and Wikipedia. Also, Marcel helped out by sharing several links to research. So thank you, Marcel. Merci, Marcel. (laughs) All right. So, new country. Our first topic that takes place in Azerbaijan. So let me ask you, because if you just mentioned Azerbaijan to me, I'm like, I feel like I've I just, heard of it. I but... just know the name. Right. Is it in the Middle East? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it is. Former former Soviet Eastern That's kind of what mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, it's a former satellite country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, and I've got a, I've got a map and stuff too. So, um uh, yes, Azerbaijan is in the Middle East. It's along the west coast of the Caspian Sea. Okay. Most of it is north of Iran, east of That's Armenia, where it is. Okay. Yep. and south of Georgia and Russia. Uh, And there's actually a little part of the country that's completely separate from the other part of it. It's landlocked, and it's sort of nestled between Armenia to its north-northeast, and then Iran to its south-southwest, and then like a tiny sliver of Turkey. Um, (laughs) A tiny sliver of Turkey. A tiny sliver of Turkey. Um, So this is Azerbaijan. Okay. But do you see the little sort of bit there? Mm -hmm. Um, And we will also get into Azerbaijan's relationship with Armenia in a hot sec. Oh, I'm sure it's fantastic. Um, And then Baku is where we are here. So we'll talk about that. So the city of Baku, it's the capital of Azerbaijan. It's on a little peninsula that juts out into uh, on the east coast of Azerbaijan into the Caspian Sea. It's the largest city in the country and one of the largest cities in the whole region. It's a city on the rise. The population is expected to continue to grow. Uh, right now, it has a population of around 2.3 million people. It's projected to grow to around 2.8 million people by 2035. 
Um, by the time when this disaster took place, I read that it was the population was about 1.8 million. Wow. And then just for context, the at that time, the entire population of Azerbaijan was about 7 million. So that's a lot of people who live mm-hmm. in Baku, you know, proportionately. Um, Baku is also very low lying. It's 92 feet or 28 meters below sea level. Okay. That makes it the lowest lying capital city in the world and the largest city in the entire world located at any level below any level below sea level. Hmm. Um, it's, for con- it's got New Orleans beat by quite a bit. Yeah. For context, the next lowest lying capital city is Amsterdam, which is only about seven feet or two meters below. Yeah, sea I was going to say I think New Orleans is like the same thing. It's like a meter or two mm. below sea level, but mm-hmm. still. Yeah, this is very far below. Um, this is especially interesting considering about half of Azerbaijan is actually considered mountainous. So there's a lot of topogra- topographical variety in Azerbaijan. Here is a picture of modern day uh, Baku. Oh, it looks pretty nice. Yeah. I, those those buildings, buildings are interesting. Kind of they? strange. Yeah. Especially with the, <laughs> the rest of the buildings, right? Those yeah, two, those because three towers all the rest there. of the buildings are like brown. Like a traditional, and these are like a blue and white. Yeah, they kind of blend in with the. It sky looks like whale time. fins coming out of like the the city or sky. Or fingers with fingernails. I don't know. It looks like a whale. <laughs> yeah, thing I could to me. see that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we if we if we spend our time in the ancient history of oh, Azerbaijan, geez, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the Middle East. Yes, so it goes back a ways. Um, it literally goes back to the beginning. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So to kind of fast forward into more modern history, Azerbaijan is probably unsurprisingly very rich in oil. There we go. By the turn of the 20th century, Azerbaijan was producing half of the world's oil. From an area... So, wait, why, why haven't we invaded them yet? <laughs> because everyone else or, was or, busy doing or it. Or are they just voluntarily giving it up? It's oh, okay. because they were part of the Soviet Union. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, but, but they... So, half the world's oil... Now, this is around the turn of the century, so cars aren't as much of a thing, but still... Um, the turn around of the, the world, century. cars aren't as much of a thing because, I mean, China didn't release. No, I'm talking in... about the turn of the 20th century. Oh. So this is 1900. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. I'm not talking about like 20 Recent. years ago. No, no, no. Um, but that oil was all coming from an area in Azerbaijan of around six square miles or about nine and a half square kilometers. Um, uh, the oil industry uh, in Azerbaijan was set back in 1905 during the first Russian Revolution. A lot of the oil facilities were destroyed. Azerbaijan as a country was formed as a democratic republic in 1918 and then almost immediately got taken over by the Soviet Union like two years later. It declared its independence in 1991. Why? Because that was around the time of the fall of the Soviet Union. That was so, the time of the fall of the yes. Soviet Union. Yeah. It, they declared their independence slightly before. Mm-hmm. I think at that they point could, they the could writing see the was right, on the yeah. wall. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys aren't going to last. Did you know that's a biblical reference? Writings on the wall? I did not. Yeah. Okay. Um, and not just a, a reference to Stevie Wonder's superstitious. Writings on the wall. Anyway. Um, or superstition, not superstitious. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it was, was it Ezekiel. Anyway, a prophet Ezekiel in the Old 25, Testament. Ezekiel 25, 16. The path of the righteous man. <laughs> Is that the only Bible verse you know? It's not even a real Bible verse. Mm. I thought it was for, it's from Pulp Fiction. That's funny. 
a lot of people for the longest time thought, <clears throat> thought it, was it was real. real. That's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, but a prophet, um, like interpreted writing on that, like from God or whatever on the wall for a king pharaoh something and one of uh, those people yeah it's a whole a king pharaoh something it's a I whole that was the official thing. title the king pharaoh something <laughs> so with its new independence azerbaijan uh also needed a good way to bring some money to the region oh and it just so happens they got a lot of oil so there you go uh, in 1994, an extremely lucrative contract was signed between Azerbaijan and Big Oil. So lucrative, it is colloquially known as the contract of the century, since it involved estimated oil reserves on the order of 6 billion barrels. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so the, ba- the Baku Metro... Where this story takes place uh, in the capital city of Baku in Azerbaijan was first conceptualized back in the 1930s. And by that point, the city had established itself as an oil titan. So it made sense, you know, growing city. They need good public transportation. Hint, hint, United States. Hmm? Well, we have to we have, we have to spend that money on bombing places that have oil. Did you see um, recently a video was going around of uh, like... A marine or navy or something, a jet pack that they developed so that I did, like, they actually, can hop yes, from one from, ship to the other. Yes, they can hop from the, the dinghy back to the, yes, back the, to the ship. main ship. And a lot of people were commenting, oh, we can do this, but we can't give people like another stimulus payment, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it works in America. Anyway, um, it still took a while for the concept of the metro to turn into reality the first real plans for the baku metro started around 1949 via the office of bashtunel metro tikinti that's the (laughs) one yes who served as the general contractor for the new transit system in the capital city and since this was during the soviet era the design of the metro was assigned to a branch of the moscow design research institute in 1951 even then, the metro still didn't open until 1967, even though it wasn't due to a lack of hard work on laborers part, parts. Apparently, they worked like 24 hours a day in three shifts, and it was really hard work. When the metro officially opened on November 6, 1967, it became the Middle East's first metro system. Okay. And the opening That's date... interesting. Yeah. The opening date was chosen to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution, also known as the October Revolution, even though it ha- the date is actually in November. Anyway, there were initially six and a half kilometers or about four miles of track in the metro with five stations along them. Baki Sovieti, which is currently Icheri Sheher, the uh, Sahil... 28 April, now 28 May, uh, Ganjlik and Nariman Narimanov. That name's going to come up a lot, so I'm going to have to figure out how to pronounce that. Additional phases of the metro were completed in 1970, 1989, and then after this story in 2002. And while this story takes place on the metro technically between two stops... The two stops in question were Ulduz, which was opened in 1970, and then one of the original stations, Nariman Narimanov, so named after an Azerbaijani Bolshevik revolutionary. And here is a map. I believe this is current of the metro in Azerbaijan. Oh, wow. It's pretty big, then. It is. It's, yeah. it's, and it's got many more miles sure. of track now. 
I and like, they're still I, building it and still developing it. I like how it's all in uh, on this map. Everything is in Cyrillic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the location of the actual um, disaster we're talking about is right about there. Right. Kind of right in the that's middle. That's Oldus and that's the Nariman. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So. Um, now, just to mention, since we're in the United States, uh, and uh, yes, we're a country woefully underserved by mass transportation, um, we decided to go 100% invest in cars and Yay, capitalism. Well, I mean, there there was a there was a period of time where we had robust mm-hmm. infrastructure. However, that period of time ended uh, what forty years ago. Well, well, <laughs> and, and even and, and hasn't been kept up since. Even if we, even if it's like okay, well, we're gonna be more invested in cars instead of mass transportation. Not everybody can afford a car, so it's an inherently yeah. There's a whole system. There's a whole all bad thing we could do just about that. How, the American transportation system. Well, how the automobile industry oh, yes. forced its way onto being like, yeah, we're not going to do. It's almost like capitalism called the shots. We're not going to do trains and stuff like that anymore. We're gonna, but anyway, that's a different topic. But the good thing is that that's done now because it's not like um, corporations can put pressure on the CDC to shorten the the um, quarantine number of days for no, uh for covid just to get people back to work faster that would never happen no not here workers rights that's what we're about here in the good old <laughs> us of a anyway we're not we're not based on exploitation in any oh my form god or fashion. that is if it weren't for exploitation the united states would not exist anyway um so i'm not hugely familiar with any subtle differences between subway and metro or if they're the same or if they're different but i will say the impression i got here is maybe metro includes both underground and, and overground. Above ground. yeah yes i think that's what the only difference is okay a subway is strictly all underground, underground. yep because sub right yeah. sub subground subterranean mm-hmm. yeah um and this particular disaster took place within the subway portion oh, so even if did. this even if the baku metro you know does have underground and on ground uh levels this actually took place below ground yeah so. because like in chicago their rail system they call the l train because it's elevated but that's elevated right yeah. that's, that's they very call specifically it that. elevated mm-hmm. even above ground uh, dc yeah. is called the metro mm-hmm. i think isn't Boston's called the Metro or something like that? Uh, well, it's called the T. The T. <laughs> yeah, but they do. But it's separate. Well, let me say. Let me think. I think you do go below and above in Boston. I mean, I, I, mean, I and I think those. They sometimes you're underground, sometimes you're above ground. So yeah, it's. I would say if that's the definition of a metro, that yeah, Boston has a metro. Yeah, a lot of smaller cities back at that time had subway. Like Rochester used to have a subway system really? too. Yeah, like but it was like a new thing when uh-huh. it, and every city was like, well, we need one of those. And then can I yeah. tell you it? What something that popped up in Google, which was so bizarre. I think it was just because of location or whatever. Um, a WRAL, which is one of our local news stations, stories popped up about like Raleigh's underground subway, and I'm like, "What? We had a subway Probably. here? No, no, it was a it was a club. Oh, <laughs> that they built underground and called it like the underground the, the subway. subway or something. It's below Cameron Village, and they really? use it in, for Fresh Market for their prep." area it's like this huge yeah they were showing like old fanta cans sitting there because it's like peeling paint and stuff it's Mm -hmm. basically just abandoned um 
And then apparently a few years ago, they sold tickets for people who wanted to like relive their glory teen years or whatever, or 20s years. Because it was like back in the 80s or 70s or 80s. Really? It was really interesting. Anyway, just a little uh, for the three listeners who live in Raleigh. Yes, there you go. There's your Raleigh history. (laughs) So in addition to its Soviet history... Azerbaijan has plenty of other interesting history, a piece of which is relevant to this story. The dispute that Azerbaijan had and still has with Armenia. So this is a whole conflict I did did not know about before this. I knew Armenia was involved in some conflict. I had heard about that. I've been involved in several. But... <laughs> um, now, this will shock absolutely nobody. All I knew about Armenia was that the Kardashians are Armenian. <laughs> and well, I don't even a, watch the Kardashians there was or care a, about them. There was a decent-sized Armenian population where I grew up. Yeah. Um, uh, certain last names give it away. Like, like uh, there's well, a... Kardashian there's is an Armenian last I-A-N, name. I-A-N, yes. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, uh, Jeffrey Zakarian, uh, I believe B- is... Bogosians are, uh-huh. like, um, one of the Bogosian kids that I grew up with yeah. is plays in the NHL for Tampa Zach? Bay, Zach Bogosian. Zach um, I believe he's the only player ever of Armenian descent to play, huh, in, the, to play in the NHL. Um, that's interesting. Uh, Anna Kasparian on the Young oh, Turks, yes, uh-huh. she's, she's of Armenian descent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're out there, but they're, they're few and far. <laughs> I only know of Armenia at all because of where I grew up, because okay. we had Armenian, they were, their families, families were refugees at one point and wound up... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like of all the places in America to send them to, like Messina. you send them to Messina, Let's go to New Messina. York. <laughs> like they're like, can we go back? It, it was actually better. <laughs> like I like the war part wasn't so bad. <laughs> this cold is is yeah. is not worth it. Um. So as I mentioned, Armenia and Azerbaijan are neighboring countries. They apparently, have a very big beef going back a ways. The primary... All of the this whole fucking region. I know. Like, there's not like <laughs> there's not ever been a time where somebody wasn't fucking with somebody else. <laughs> to quote Cher from Clueless, I thought they declared peace in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've done that like ten times. But then, like three days later, people are like, yeah, fuck that. So the primary point of contention appears to be a region called Nagorno-Karabakh, which is a mountainous area in the eastern part of the main part of Azerbaijan near the border with Armenia. So from what I can tell, and this is going to be my ELI-5 that may or may not be accurate, but it's kind of similar or at least not dissimilar to the Israel-Palestine conflict. So there's this this land, right, that's technically in Azerbaijan. Um, but Armenia says, hey, this is our land. And Azerbaijan says, no, this is our land. And Armenia's the population is majority Christian, and Azerbaijan, the population is majority Muslim, so it's oh, like that, that the should, religious. That should yeah. make for that should make for open arms. And yeah. Welcoming. So there's both religious and cultural like problems, uh, conflicts there, and. Uh, well, I think in this region you can basically call that one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in most regions, honestly. Mm-hmm. So that resulted in a quick battle over the region just after the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917, just before both Armenia and Azerbaijan became part of the USSR. 
At that point, when all that became part of the USSR, uh, Nagorno-Karabakh became an oblast. That was okay, part yep. of Azerbaijan. A province, essentially. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, a, a, in, a, it's not a country, but it's like a independent administrative yeah. unit or whatever. It's you like know. a province, is what I related kind to. Kind of, yeah. Um, and the oblast was in Azerbaijan, and that wasn't cool with Armenia, because it was considered part of Azerbaijan. Uh, around 77% of the population of Nagorno-Karabakh by 1989 was Armenian. So it's majority Armenian people living in an area of Azerbaijan that they're saying should be part of Armenia. Obviously, that's going to cause a lot of conflict, and it definitely did, um, because the Armenian population wanted to become part of Armenia instead of Azerbaijan, and that just kept escalating. When the USSR dissolved in 1991... Now the Soviets aren't involved and there's no peacekeeping efforts from any third party. Um, it became a full-blown war. Oh, yeah. So Which happened all over the old yes. satellite, mm-hmm. US, mm-hmm. Uh, Soviet satellite Now countries. there's land to dispute, right? Yes. And borders. It, no, and it's like, resources. here's what it is. We don't have a central government telling us what to do anymore. So now we can just start killing each other yeah. again. Like, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Right. Um, like, like, yeah, those... those um, Disputes and cultural, th- they don't go away. No, they don't. They, they fester. They Somebody will come around every now and then and put a lid on it. Mm-hmm. But once you take that lid off, like, yeah. Yeah, out come the machine guns again. Mm-hmm. And that war lasted until a ceasefire known as the Bishkek Protocol, which was signed on May 5th, 1994. Oh, wow. So it lasted for a few years. couple of years. Well, and that's just formally. Sure. We'll, we'll go into that a little bit more. But by that point, an estimated 20,000 people had Jesus. been killed. Yep. In this conflict. And around a million people were displaced. Sure. So, yeah, this was a bad, this was a very bloody conflict. As they always are. Now, just because there was a ceasefire doesn't mean that suddenly there was peace, right? doesn't mean that everybody ceased. No. So on March 19th, 1994, so this was like six-ish weeks before the ceasefire, a suicide bomber planted an explosive device under a seat in the Baku metro. It exploded at 1 p.m. local time when the train stopped at the 20 Yanvar, or the 20th of January, station. It killed 13 people. and then And also the bomber. Um, Octay Gorbanov. 49 people were also injured, and the rail car where the bomb was planted was destroyed, and the 20 on bar station's roof was badly damaged. Jeez. Unfortunately, the ceasefire of May 5th didn't mean acts of terrorism were over. On July 3rd, 1994, a remote-controlled bomb was detonated at 8.30 a.m. local time after the train departed the 28 May station on its way to the Ganjlik stop. 13 people were killed and another 42 injured. Um, And then it it took a few years, but in late 1997, charges were brought against Lezkin Azar Aslanov for the crime. And I could not determine which disaster or which bombing this was from, but here's the aftermath of at least one of the bombings. I would say this is probably the first one because it looks like that whole rail car is destroyed. That's what you'd said. Well, it may have been for the other uh, one, too. I guess, sure. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> now, so that's two incidents in 1994 of bombings on the Baku metro, right? And that wasn't the only subway incident in the world around this time. There was another very famous one in a completely separate country 
that would have also triggered some paranoia surrounding subways. On March 20th, 1995, an extremely fucked up doomsday cult known as Om Shinrikyo. You remember those oh, last podcasts? Yeah. They I did never a whole series on it. It, it was a good series. Attacked morning subway riders in the Tokyo Metro in Japan with deadly sarin nerve gas. I do remember? Yeah. Yeah. So these, I kind of remember that just from remembering it. From, yeah. Right. From I was, real I life. I've been yeah. like seventeen or eighteen then. So these absolute fuckers took plastic bags filled with a deadly nerve gas called sarin, boarded the metro in Tokyo with them. Then, Released as the train them, right? well, as the train stopped at a station, they dropped these bags to the floor, took their umbrellas, which had sharpened points, punctured the bags, and fled. Um, they wound up killing fourteen people yeah, and Sarah's... injuring around th- another thousand. It yeah. c- actually could have been way worse, mm-hmm. but it was still terrible. Yeah, and injured a lot of people. Um, so I go into all of that to say, uh, yeah, and totally listen to the last podcast on the left's whole, they do a whole deep they dive. They did like a Om four Shereikyo. or five part yes, series It on was it. very interesting. Those people were absolute fuckwits. Um, so I, but I'm going into all that to say that while we know that the disaster we're discussing was caused by just an electrical fire, spoiler alert, it was an electrical fire. Um, but the tension Yes, is, at the time, yes. there was a pretty understandable, like, tension surrounding the subway, especially Baku Metro. It got bombed twice, twice the year before. And it's also important to keep in mind that by this time, the Baku Metro has been in operation for 28 years in Soviet design and construction, including the original station of Narman Narimanov, with the Uldu station being in service for 25 years. You kind of tend to forget a little bit, but bombings were just happening all over the fucking world. Well, there was the like World in Trade the 90s. Center bombing in yes. 93. Uh, the, the Olympic bombings in Atlanta. Yep, 96. Um, what? There was another big famous one. Uh, Oklahoma City. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Duh. Um that was 95. The, IR, the IRA was still a group at this time. The troubles were, were still going on, right? bombings all mm-hmm. over Ireland and Northern Ireland. And... Isn't it weird? Because you think of the 90s as kind of a little bit more of the peace, the peace time. time. That's, not, not so much. For the world, this is peace time. Yeah. There's just well, random bombings here and there. Like, <laughs> that's the worst it gets. Like so, right? half the world isn't at each other's <clears> throat. <throat> it's just, you know, some groups here or there are just mm. killing. That's that's like the best we can do. Right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> So now we're getting to the fire itself. Mm. So around 6 p.m. local time on Saturday, October 28th, 1995, a five-car train filled with what is estimated to be about a 1,000 passengers pulled out of Uldu's station, headed for the Narman Narimanov station. Now, from what I can tell, based on current maps of the Baku Metro, it's about a three-minute ride southwest underground to get from Uldus to Nariman, Narimanov. The distance between the two stops is somewhere in the order of like 2,200 meters, which is like 2.3 kilometers or 1.4 miles. Yeah. yeah. Um, the tunnel the train was traveling through was relatively narrow, and this will come into play. There was a height of 5.6 meters or 18 feet and a width of only 5 meters or 16 feet. And now I couldn't find con- confirmation of the exact type of train car that was being used at the time of the, the disaster. It looks like it may have been a Metro Wagenmash 81-717 or 81-714. 717 is the model for like the lead car. 714 is the other cars. 
Um, and if that's the case, those trains are just shy of nine feet wide, which is 2.7 meters and around 12 feet or 3.65 meters high. I'll bring that back up in, in, in a minute. So. so very shortly after pulling out of the oldest station, while entering the tunnel through which it would travel, witnesses aboard the train observed a flash of light. It would later be revealed that the flash was the result of an electric arc, basically a spark of electricity at the rear of the fourth of the five train cars. And at that point, depending on where they were in the train, different passengers experienced different things. Um, one survivor, 45-year-old Tabil Husseinov, said, quote, As soon as the train entered the tunnel, I saw a flash. Then the flames enveloped the train car. There was a sound of breaking glass and the lights went out. End quote. Mm. So initially, uh, some some people just smelled smoke. Other people saw white smoke that then turned into black smoke. All of that sounds terrifying. Absolutely all experiences. So very soon after it left Olduz, the train came to a complete stop in the tunnel, only about 200 meters or like 650 feet from the station it had just departed. So this was right after it had left the station. The train driver, the operator, exited the train and went to a phone in the tunnel to report the incident. He told them to cut off the power to the train. I, I'm sure. guessing to like avoid further fire, mm-hmm. right? But by that point, conditions were deteriorating really rapidly, not only inside the train, but inside the whole tunnel. Thick smoke sure. started to really... And this is an enclosed space, so yeah. it's really starting to obscure everything and just fill the whole space. The fire was burning a bunch of synthetic material inside the train, and that started emitting carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. Monoxide, sorry. Carbon monoxide. So most of us probably know that carbon monoxide is a no good, very bad thing. We have carbon monoxide detectors, right? Because it's colorless and odorless. It's one of the... There's always those freak accidents you hear of of random people, like an entire family dying in their sleep of Mm -hmm. carbon monoxide poisoning. It's terrifying. But the reason that carbon monoxide is so bad for living creatures is is it essentially like merges with the hemoglobin in your blood, which is what carries oxygen and like suffocates your blood, essentially. Like it, it it, it takes out the oxygen in your blood. That's, again, a very like lay lay person's interpretation of this. It doesn't sound like fun either way. No. Um... So it's basically like a form of suffocation. It can cause symptoms like dizziness, confusion, nausea, rapid breathing. And then, of course, you die eventually because you you don't have oxygen. So what happened inside the crowded trains when there was fire and smoke is pretty much exactly what you would expect. Mm. People panicked and tried to get the fuck out of that train, right? Now, apparently there wasn't any sort of communication between any train personnel and the passengers. Essentially, the passengers were on their own. Sure. And had to figure this out and quick. Um, And obviously people were like, well, we're not supposed to sit in here breathing black fucking smoke, right? So the train was equipped with emergency door openers, but they required electricity to function. Oh, well, yeah. So the only way to get out of the train was to manually pry them open. And these cars were really full, so some people were, like, pressed up against the doors, and then you couldn't really mm-hmm. open them. So some of the cars were able to pull open the doors, um, 
One survivor, Gennady Nikiforev, was later quoted as saying, quote, when we opened the doors, half the people just fell out on sure. top of each other, end quote, right? Because of all the... All the pressure. Yes, exactly. Um, at least one car, those in car number four, could not get the doors open. And they either had to climb into car number three or car number five to escape. And then also, in a bunch of cars, people started breaking windows. Understandably, right? Get the fuck out of here. Um, so that, that is understandable. Unfortunately, what that also did was allow the smoke to get into the train cars, right? So it was like a damned And brought in more don't. oxygen from the, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a bad, yeah. There was no good way out no. of this, period. Um, some people yeah. tried to pull themselves out of the car using electrical cables overhead that unfortunately were still, uh, did still have electricity in them. So some people got electrocuted, um, for those who were able to make it out of the train car, uh, distance-wise, they had just pulled out of this station, right? So it made sense to head right back for that station instead of going all the way, like another, whatever, two kilometers to the other station. Um, but because the fire was near the back of the train, that side of the tunnel was quickly was engulfed in smoke. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that made people's option for escape a lot more limited. A total of about 70-ish people managed to make it out to that side, the oldest station. But because of the smoke, the already minimal lighting, like there were literally just bare light bulbs lighting the tunnel, because it's a tunnel, mm-hmm. right? And the the train presumably has headlights, so it's it, it doesn't really need to be lit that much. Well, the black smoke was basically like completely blacking out. So people were pretty much in pitch black in this tunnel. Um, and then the, the train was dead in terms of electricity because they had to turn off the electricity, right? Um, there was also a trench that ran between the rails. So people like stumbled and fell. Sure. Uh, some people I read hit the third rail. Mm. So that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, then also, do you remember I said the tunnel is 16 feet wide? Mm-hmm. And if the train was about nine feet wide, that only gives There's you three feet space. on either side. Yeah. So if people are pouring out their... They're smushing other. Yeah, it's some people tried to guide themselves along oh, the rail. Oh, this is this is just an absolute fucking yes, a nightmare. Yes, uh, some people tried to hold onto the clothing of the people in front of them. It was just an absolute horrifying situation. It's in a situation because of the conditions. It's kind of like fucking. It's every man for themselves because. Well, because you, you can't don't know see what's anything, going on. So you can't guide anybody. Right, right. Well, we'll get to that in a, in a oh, little bit. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, basically, yes. There was no good way out of this, period. Um, so about 15 minutes after the fire started, those who started taking off in the further direction of the Nariman Narimanov station, they were stymied further by the fact that they switched the ventilation system to exhaust mode to clear out the other side of the tunnel, and it sent all that smoke to the people who were trying to get out the other way. Yeah. Um, And then emergency responders went to the Uldu's stop station, right? Because that's where it was closest to. Mm -hmm. But those people who were able to get out were headed towards (laughs) the other one. So when they got to the uh, Nariman station... There's nobody there to help them. (laughs) All the emergency responders were like a mile and a half down the road. In the end, actually, not a whole lot of that mattered in terms of the death toll. Uh, Those who suffered the worst fate had done so while they were still in the train. They died of carbon monoxide poisoning in the train, essentially. 
So all told, 289 people, including 28 children, died Mm. in the fire, with another 270 suffering injuries. Many died of carbon monoxide poisoning. There were also some references to trampling. Which oh, sure. would not be out of the question in this circumstance, obviously. Um, so here is a picture of some of the aftermath oh of the God, car. Fucking yeah. nothing left of it. Mm-hmm. And you can and see you the see broken windows. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. There was no good way to respond to that for the people who were in there. That's just, no. that's just terrible. And horrifying. Can you imagine being in a... Tunnels no, are already a I little creepy no, and scary. I, I, I'm not even going to let my mind go there. I know. No. I know. There was one time when I was in Boston... Um, I was on the T in a subway in the tunnel and something happened, like some backup. And so we stopped in the dead middle of a tunnel mm-hmm. for like 15 minutes or something. And I am not a claust- naturally claustrophobic person, but even I had to tell myself like, "You're yes, it's uncomfortable being in a metal tube underground in this like constricted space but it's okay like you can you can make it through and it was fine but it's just subways are pretty claustrophobic if you yeah, think too hard kind of creepy, <laughs> creepy they are so and, and if you're on the subway in new york city just everything smells like piss <laughs> see i don't remember that the last time we were there not when you're in the subway i'm oh, talking the, about when you're getting the stations, on it yeah. yeah the stations are kind of worse than the actual subways yeah so recovery efforts couldn't start until the fire was out, and that took several hours. So most people were found dead in the cars. About 40 people were found dead in the tunnel. In the immediate aftermath of the fire, there was a lot of conflicting information surrounding some of the details of the disaster. And this is where we get back to the 1994 bombings. Um Given those bombings, terrorism was considered a distinct possibility. Sure. And this was not helped by the fact that the, that a U.S. diplomat quoted then-Azerbaijani President Haydar Aliyev, quoted him to the press as saying that the fire was, quote, possibly an organized act of sabotage, end quote. Uh, there was more speculation when it was reported that two large suspicious holes were found on one of the train cars. But if you, uh, the investigation is going to find it. It was an electrical fire. But also the the witnesses are like there was just a spark. They didn't they didn't say there was an explosion. Right. They, nothing like that. So it sure all indications sure seem to be that no, it was an electrical fire. But you can understand why they thought it was a bomb initially. Oh yeah, I'm certainly. sure that's probably what all those people initially thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Speculation abounded when it was reported. Oh, sorry. I'm reading myself. So the initial death toll was overstated, reported as high as 337. Though, honestly, when you're talking about hundreds of people, how much more does a few dozen make? I mean, obviously, to the people who are actually dead or not dead, it means a lot. But once you get in terms of volume, it's not any more tragic because more people die. It's just horrible no matter what, right? Like you hit a peak (laughs) tragedy and then that's that. Peak tragedy. Yeah. For locals, there wasn't much information forthcoming. There was an official two-day mourning period and a press blackout. So they weren't getting information, period. And then all TV stations stopped airing regular programming and just played sad music. Mm. So they were getting like no information. Mm. The funerals for the victims were paid by the state, along with a small stipend of victims' compensation paid to the family. 
Uh, the official government inquiry determined that, indeed, the fire was caused by an electrical fault, specifically in the motor of one of the cars. From what I could tell, it was that fourth car. There were no, was no evidence of explosives found. Uh, the Deputy Prime Minister Abbas Abbasova men- mentioned the, quote, outdated Soviet, end quote, equipment, uh, which is a problem in most former Soviet states, given the aging infrastructure and the fact that they were essentially newly independent countries at that point. Eventually, the Azerbaijani Supreme Court convicted the train operator and the station traffic controller for criminal negligence. Really? Yeah, the operator got 15 years in prison and the traffic controller 10 years. I think the idea... I could not find more information on this, but I think the idea was that they didn't hold a proper evacuation, like they didn't respond. I guess I can... Yeah, I guess I... But The fire wasn't their fault, per se, but... That seems like a long... Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, yeah, they should have. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm, and I couldn't find great information. That seems a little extreme. It does, but um, I couldn't find more information yeah. on why or the reasoning or anything. Um, now, you were talking about uh, like it was every man for himself or every person for themselves because it's blackout. Nobody can do anything, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it was determined that a man named uh, Chingiz Babayev, who was a senior lieutenant of a local military academy, that he had actually helped several people escape. Sure. One of the cars. Before... Well, even the people that pried the doors open helped people escape. Yeah, that's true. But he, I think, actually, like, mm-hmm. was helping feed people out, basically. That's interesting. It's the impression I got. And, and he died. In the fire mm. himself, and he was uh, posthumously awarded the title of the national hero of Azerbaijan. Uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the Baku Metro fire was the worst subway disaster by a long shot to this day. Hopefully, it will never be surpassed. I hope it stays that way. Yes. And nothing on this magnitude had happened ha- had happened prior to this, um, or after. For example, like. Uh, I immediately thought, I was like, subway disaster. Oh, the under, underground, London Underground mm-hmm. bombings, right? July 7th, 2005. I think it was 2005. It's Spain? No, London Underground. I'm talking Isn't about there... the London Underground one. Remember that? Oh, I, I'm i thinking of a, a... Anyway, yes. Okay. That, that only... Well, only. It was terrible. It killed 56 people. Yes. But not 289. But it did injure almost 800 people. So mm-hmm. that was a lot. Um, before the 1995 Baku fire, the biggest subway disaster had been in 1918 in New York City, and it killed about 93 people. So this was like triple that. The Baku Metro obviously continues in use to this day, hopefully with much improved infrastructure investment. Uh, though if Azerbaijan is anything like the U.S., that may be ho- false hope. But around 630,000 people use the Baku Metro daily traveling along its 38 kilometers or 23.6 miles of rails. Wow. And that, my friends, is the story of the Baku Metro fire. That is... Uh, I, I cannot... So many horrible things happening at once. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you're you're in a metal tube to start with. <laughs> so you can't... Yeah. You're... Do you get uncomfortable on a subway? Not really. I mean, I'm not on them enough yeah, to... Yeah, it's fair. That's you fair, know, yeah. Um, I mean, it can get. <clears throat> the last time we were in New York City, though, we mm-hmm. were in New York City like in July. It where was there's on just, a Saturday, too. And there was just kind of nobody yeah. around. So. It was really quite empty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever been on like a packed subway. 
I probably have. Uh huh. I have in Boston. It's not comfortable. Yeah, you're I like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And I couldn't do that anymore because of COVID. Like sure. COVID has ruined me forever to being around too many people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, the fact that you're in a metal tube to begin with, so your mm-hmm. movement is limited mm-hmm. to begin with. And this was a, these were packed cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your movement's already limited. Mm-hmm. Then you're in a tunnel, which makes your movement outside of the yes. still tube you're in mm-hmm. even more limited. Mm-hmm. Then you have smoke. Mm-hmm. Then you have a fire. Carbon monoxide. In an enclosed, very enclosed yep. space. And where you can't that, see anything. Yeah. That's just fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's... <clears throat> that would like being... This is a smaller example but that would be like being in an elevator with six people and a fire all of a sudden starts yeah you know what i mean yeah. you can't see shit uh-huh. because you know the power would go off and it's like it's all the nightmares right fire pretty much you can't see anything claustrophobia claustrophobia you're dying of smoke inhalation or yeah. carbon yeah it's terrible it, it's really nightmarish yeah and the, the other thing is like 289 people that's a lot of that's people, a lot that's a lot of people. Of people. It's a ton of people. And that's just the people who passed away. That's not right. including all the injuries and right. stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I don't I didn't have any statistics in terms of like long-term disability because mm-hmm. of it. Like some people may have been really badly injured. Oh, I'm sure. You know. Had to have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, smoke inhalation. Mm-hmm. Um lung you know damage. people had, mm-hmm. you know people had cut and scraped themselves mm-hmm. all over, especially people trying to get out windows. Yeah. Um bruises, I mean concussion, I'm mm-hmm. sure happened here mm-hmm. or there. Um Getting trampled on. I'm yep. sure some people passed broken, away that way. Yeah, or broken yeah. limbs or stuff. Yeah. Ugh. Not fun. No, it's Not a pretty fun. bad one. And it's like, and especially like when we recently did our uh, Woodstock episode with Chad. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching some of the Woodstock footage and stuff like that and being like, man, I've been in crowd. Not like that. I've never been in a crowd yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Um, I've been in a crowd of about 100,000 people, but not... 400,000 people. Yeah. I mean, and that's 100,000 people. I can't imagine any more than that, much less four times right. that. But it's like, you look back on that, everybody's sl- sludged in together. Yeah. Uh, people fall down in the mosh pit here and there. And that was like a, every show I ever went to, that was like, like the artists almost didn't have to say it at one point. Cause mm-hmm. they all, they would all say like, Hey, if somebody falls down, Help like don't be an asshole, yeah. mm-hmm. pick them up. Mm-hmm. But even after a while, like that wasn't even needed to be said. Like that was just like, if you're going to a show, where you're going to be a mosh pit. The... Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like code. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody goes down, you, you pick, them you up. pick them up because mm-hmm. if you go down, you want somebody to, you to grab you, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, but, imagine treat others the way you want to be treated. I, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, and while you were talking about them being in the tube, for some reason I was thinking of, like, what if a fire happened, like, in a crowd yeah. like that, mm-hmm. and you're, there's no way, like, where are you going to go? Well, in a crowd that large, the the crowd disaster would turn into a bigger problem than the fire. Oh, yes. Similar yes. to the station, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, surely, like, if this, I sure would think that if this had been, like, an off time, but it was in on an, like, rush hour time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this it had would have been, been better right, midday it, on a Sunday or something, but, there would have been fewer people. Yes, but people still would have. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But maybe had a better shot of getting out. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe some people successfully managed to grab onto somebody else, and that actually helped them yeah. or saved them. You know. Um, but can I, I can't imagine? You know, because like they, they, some kids did die. Can you imagine being like in a family on that subway? 
No. At some point, you can't no. even go looking for your well, kids you, or whatever. Because you can't see no. anything. You, you just have to hope your kids are going to be okay. Yeah. That'd be horrible. And you're you're relying on voices and stuff and it's and you're already living in a country that has just gotten out of the soviet union and just stopped being at war with the neighboring country and damn subway fire is what gets you that's just horrible it's horrible yeah it is that's just awful and i was i was a little upset that there wasn't more readily available information on this sure. it feels like it was a, at least in you know what i could find on google and stuff it feels like very much a in the us we're very bad about like well if it didn't happen in the us it didn't it doesn't really matter um and also it's like well whatever it's the middle east not you know if it were europe it'd be more you know we're very eurocentric in well, the we are. us you know so um eurocentric every last one of them <laughs> instead of rage against machine oh there. okay <laughs> um so yeah i wish there had been some more information i could draw from but anyway yeah that was a good suggestion marcel very yeah, bad thing. Um, very bad thing. well a good suggestion in the sense that of a horrible thing yeah <laughs> yeah in that it, it definitely checked all the boxes of what oh, our yes. podcast is about the the nightmare the nightmare fuel that it can be. Yes. This ticked off like pretty much all the nightmare boxes. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was a like all like one. the only thing that would have just like like would have been a cherry on top of it is there was like a grizzly bear in the tunnel too. <laughs> and it right? was just like, you know, yeah, because there was like, fire, claustrophobia, uh, carbon monoxide, complete darkness, crowd trampling, and yeah. electrocution. Yeah. Like holy shit. It's, it's, like, it's like all of them. Ugh. <sighs> Shark, a shark yeah, a nato. Shark. Yes, <laughs> that would be the only. Yes, thing. if a flood came in at the same time, <laughs> oh my with god, sharks and grizzly bears. Oh my god, like that's yeah. the only that's the only way it could have been worse. Yeah. Like it's no, it was terrible. No, thank you. Yeah. Ooh, okay. That was not fun. No, nope. I don't like fires. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> Certainly right. not uncontrolled ones. Yeah, fires are bad. Remember, kids, fires are bad. <laughs> Smokey the Bear wants you. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, let's just end this. Yeah, yeah we'll be done. <laughs> yes. So that was the Baku Metro Fire. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.